Hello and welcome to the Inspire Fitness Podcast, episode number one. I call it episode number one. I've done some other podcasts, but it's mostly kind of coaching tips. With Inspire Fitness, my focus is around the stories of people's fitness journey. I really find that I'm inspired by hearing what other people do, connecting with different things, being human and realizing that within fitness, we see a lot about the after, even the before and after saying like, look, if I did it, you can too. But really hearing the in-between is something that I like to connect with. So this concept, this idea here is to share those stories, people's struggles, people's successes, people wanting to give up, all of that stuff to hopefully connect with you, to help inspire you to make changes and do great things with your health and with your fitness. So in this first episode, I interviewed Justin Horniker. He was a coach, online running coach working with me. And he was my guinea pig. I kind of threw him into this saying like, hey, I just wanted to even test the technology. But I think it turned out great. And he really shared his story. And I believe it's something that people can connect with. So our first few minutes were just kind of catching up uh, on other things. So I cut that out. And I'm going to throw you right into where I first started asking him about his actual story and seeing the journey that he experienced as a runner through college. So here it is, my interview with Justin. You know, however you want to frame it, however far back or, or not you want to go, you know, wherever you want to take it is is up to you. And it'll just kind of mostly be a, a conversation. But ultimately, as far as your story, your your fitness journey, your running journey, whatever that is, like where or sorry, when when do you consider it started for you? I think for me... I almost considered it starting in college because even though I ran cross country and track in high school and I loved the sport, like I kind of more loved the competition aspect of it and wasn't like, I didn't, I wouldn't say I loved running. Um, and actually I kind of like hated doing all the extra work uh, until I got into college really. So for a while there, I was just doing it because I liked, I liked being good at a sport. Um, but I kind of put the bare minimum effort in to get the results. So for me, like, it kind of started in college when I just needed, like, a little bit of an escape. So I started, like, enjoying my runs more as, like, my time to get out on the roads and get away from everything. Yeah. And so that was how long ago? So that would be, I'd say probably, like, the last five years, maybe five or six. Um, so I started running freshman year of high school for cross country, um, which would have been about, let's see, 11 years ago. So for the first five years, my running career was mainly as a, as a sport, as a means to an end. Um, but then kind of just for my own like mental health, uh, I figured it out as a way of kind of getting away from everything as my like, meditation time. So instead of trying to kill myself on every run, I started taking things a little bit easier, uh, started spending more time at it and I liked how it made me feel. So that's kind of where I got there. <laughs> So that was like the difference or the transition from what your experience was in high school to kind of what you found in college? Yeah. And it was like my coach one day kind of set aside because I came from a high school program where, you know, performance-based, but we didn't do a lot of mileage and every run we did was like almost all out. Like you felt like you had to race yourself every day, which for enjoying the sport isn't a good recipe. So one day my coach just set me aside and, Like, the reason you're getting hurt, the reason you're not enjoying it is because you're going out and you're trying to beat everybody on the run every day. And easy runs, we want to work out hard, but easy runs should be there to just 
enjoy yourself and put time in on the roads. And I think that was a big turning point for me because I saw like he had coached plenty of great runners. So having that kind of switch of somebody who had been there before and like understood that, you know, we want to be good at the sport, but there's different ways of doing it and going out there and hammering yourself into the ground every day isn't the way to do it. So I was just getting really burnt out with it and just like mentally feeling like I didn't want to do the sport anymore. And then like after that day, I kind of took that into perspective and started running for the joy of running, which um, is kind of where I'm at now. So that's kind of where and how you see the, the beginning of, of this for you or the beginning of your stories where there was like a transition to actually enjoying it. Yeah. And I think like just putting, I put a lot of effort, like a lot of mental emphasis into it, like going from a passive hobby, a passive thing I did uh, for sport into kind of like how I see my identity as as a runner. So there's a while there were running, which is something I did. I didn't really see myself as this guy who ran. Um, and it kind of transitions its way into being something I took a lot of pride in, something I just enjoy doing and seeing a lot of my identity as. So like what, like, was it that conversation that day with your coach or like, what do you think was kind of the, the key turning point or what really triggered that change for you? I would say it's that and just, I had a period of time where mentally I was feeling burned out. So it was kind of dual, like it all happened at the same time. So it's kind of like that serendipitous moment of mm-hmm. mentally I was having a lot of anxiety with school and with, you know, trying to push myself too hard with running and sports. And I just wasn't enjoying anything really. And I was feeling like homesick. So I was away from home for the first time. And then, you know, my coach coming in and pulling me aside kind of like, as I was trying to figure things out, really, we had a really good conversation that day and just kind of helped everything click a bit. So obviously it's a long journey. Like it wasn't all fixed that day, but it was definitely, when I think back, like that's definitely the step towards mm-hmm. me running for the enjoyment of it as opposed to running for just as for sport. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's interesting. It's a huge part of my passion for this because I think usually there is a pretty significant kind of moment, you know, that, that triggers this change. And, and yes, of course, there's, you know, a, a whole series of events or process before that, you know, that brings us to that point. And obviously there's change after. Um, but I also think like that's a lot of the, you know, what the typical stories or before and after photos talk about is just kind of this end result after, but they don't really dig into like that moment, that change and, you know, kind of where we were at or, or what we struggled with before, you know, to kind of, to kind of create that moment to be able to even happen in the first place. It's been, yeah, it's, it's a long journey too. So you kind of see the end process of something that like happens within a few months. But I mean, I didn't get to run my best times for like three years after that. So it went from, I'd like that moment happened in between freshman and sophomore year. And then by the time I was a senior in college, was when I was running my best, but there are, you know, thousands of miles in the meantime. I went from running 40-ish miles a week to running like 90 miles a week in the process. So kind of that mental change was what allowed me to handle more miles and more time on my feet as well. So I was enjoying the process a little bit more. It made more sense to me to be able to 
like get out the door when you're actually looking forward to going for a run instead of like dreading it the whole time. That's yeah. kind of the main like catalyst of that. Which is interesting because like I also s- s- usually see that there's you know a period of time of kind of putting in the work, so to speak. And like, so if you had three years, you said of not really like seeing. Can I say seeing progress or like not getting PRs? Yeah, like how I would mean, you define that or like? Because I was still like PRing per se, but for I set out like a set of goals for myself freshman year. It's like when I came in, I want to hit these times. Um, <laughs> and when you're kind of like with running, sometimes it's so incremental that even though you're progressing, it doesn't seem like you're progressing. So fitness wise and workout wise, I might have been working out better, but my times and workouts, I always had kind of a mental block when it came to actually racing. So I don't, I didn't see a lot of progress those first two years. Um, I had some, but I was stuck at my like sophomore PRs for about three years until I finally had a breakthrough. And then I crushed them all, but it was kind of like getting to that process of like mentally believing that you could do it even though the fitness was there. So like what allowed you to, continue those three years if you weren't seeing the progress a lot of it's just believing in the process like trusting that it will happen um a lot of it is like once i kind of saw that running was something i needed for like my mental health um it just became something that i did for the fun of it and once i started running for the fun of it like everything kind of came together like senior year i was having my like best time running as far as enjoyment of it and I was also running my best times on the track so it's kind of like to me that enjoying training goes hand in hand with the like times and the results and everything but like there I'm not saying there weren't like hardships along the way like when you're running and you're seeing your workout times improve but your races aren't like that definitely had a lot of like mental breakdowns because of that like just not believing that I was as good as I really was. And I think once I kind of turned the corner, um, that's when things started to go well for me, but it was mentally tough. And I had like a lot of, I was having a lot of anxiety issues during that time, like race wise. Um, and just like, it kind of goes hand in hand, but figuring that out too was a big piece of the puzzle. Figuring what out? Figuring the race anxiety part of it out so mm-hmm. like I think I just put all this pressure on myself that if you're putting all this time into it with like the stressors of college and the stressors of life that like I needed to run these times and once I kind of took a step back and started enjoying it more and kind of took that pressure off myself I started performing a lot better believe it or not so was it like it almost sounds like it was like a second experience you know a second version of like the same experience where in your your sophomore year or whatever of college you found a new place of enjoying running and the training runs didn't have to be about the result it didn't have to be about the performance but maybe like the races you know still were and I guess maybe obviously (laughs) yeah still were it was like my junior year, I took a semester off because I was just having a lot of anxiety issues and like panic attacks with 
kind of school catching up to me and all everything else. Like my life was pretty hectic at that time. So with all that, like my workouts were suffering. I wasn't sleeping a lot. I was having these panic attacks that I thought was like something wrong with me until I went to the doctor and then got that figured out. And then they're like, oh, it's, there's nothing medically wrong with you per se, but we think you're having a series of panic attacks. So I sent like I went to a counselor, started talking about it more. I started talking about kind of what was stressing me out. And a lot of that was performance in running. And a lot of that was just like putting too much on my plate and expecting to succeed in everything and putting all this pressure on myself. Um, and mm-hmm. once I kind of went through that second struggle and came out the other side, that's when it all started to click a little bit more. But there's that initial talk with my coach of like, you can enjoy the sport. You don't have to kill yourself every day. There's that second struggle of like work, life, school, balance, like not having to exceed in everything every single day. And then coming out of that mentally feeling a lot better about everything and doing better in life and in running just because I'm doing things for the enjoyment, not because I feel like I have to. Yeah. And through that, the progress came. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) (laughs) So while we're chasing, you know, the, the result, the performance, the, the goal or, or putting so much in effort into it, we can't achieve it. And as soon as we let go and just enjoy the process. Yeah. I talk to my runners all the time who are like maybe chasing this like time barrier. Of, like right now, it seems like you're taking these incremental steps, but it's because that barrier is like mentally is just built up so much in your mind. The second we can kind of move past that and see that we're so much better than that time barrier. Like then you'll see, like I'll have a runner who's chasing a four hour marathon and three times yeah. but yeah. the second that they go sub four all of a sudden they run 340 and like well because that time barrier was so big in your mentality of your race racing and yeah. now it's not so now we, the wheels the the uh trainers are off and we can see what we can do it's amazing how like i mean it's it's literally within the sport of running and the name is escaping me right now but like it's the common it's the common reference for like so many things the oh yeah Roger Bannister yeah right yeah where it's like the idea yeah. of the four minute mile is like impossible and like you know we believe that our bodies would like explode you know but once one person achieved it you know finally it wasn't long after that that you know I can't remember the numbers, but, you know, 20, 30, 50 more guys could achieve it in, within the year. And now, like, hundreds of people are breaking, like, hundreds of college athletes are breaking four minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> college <laughs> athletes do it on the regular, so. so yeah, definitely. I think it's like, that. Yeah, it's just uh, greater access to, to training in general, but knowing that, like, four minutes isn't, like, at the time, people thought that running under four minutes for a mile would kill you, and yeah. it doesn't. So, once you got past that, um, yeah, time started to drop a bit. Which is interesting because I think it's, you know, it's it's definitely like an internal limitation that we potentially set with ourselves on whatever level, like, you know, your client that's doing a four-hour marathon or, you know, whatever your times or, or stuff you were working on through college or, you know, whatever our goal may be, it's like, uh, potentially you know setting it at the goal creates this barrier that you know we 
we build the the challenge to actually achieving you know yeah a lot of that was uh like for me for example like in my college i my goal from the second i got there was to break the 500 meter record which 500 meters it's kind of the mile equivalent for what we run in college yeah um that record was 407 or it was 409 and my sophomore year my junior year and a lot of my senior year i ran 411 410 and could not get under that mark to get after and i ran that time about like 12 times a month <laughs> and then like coming in the senior year coming into my conference race so at conference there's about three races left after that so at conference i ran 407 so finally i broke free i went under that 410 barrier and i destroyed it i ran really well and then at our last chance meet so our last meet of the year i ran 405 so the second i went under 410 i was able to like drag that down five more seconds, which over yeah. a mile when you're racing really fast is a lot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's just kind of, once you get there, then that's when that big improvement starts to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we see that, I think, well, I think the biggest thing is we set it for ourselves, but we see it in a, we can see it in potentially a community, you know, or culture realm too, which I think is the Bannister example where it's like where one person can achieve it. Now all of a sudden a whole bunch more people can achieve it. And I mean, I think it's interesting that it's come this, this route and even full circle for me, where it's like the idea behind sharing these stories, because, you know, you, you maybe connect with something or hear something a certain way or, or realize something from somebody else's story, or you see that they've been able to do it with the same types of struggles that you've had, they were able to overcome. And now that's almost, you know, gives you the permission or whatever to see like, okay, you know, I can do it too. And you, you drop that doubt and here you go. You're, you, you can finally actually achieve it. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm a big believer that we can learn a lot from others' experiences and that running is pretty analogous to life or fitness in general, like to speak to your audience, just fitness, the struggles that we go through in gaining fitness and like seeing the results. So those are lessons that we can directly apply to our work, to our family life, um, just in seeing, I don't know, there's a lot of crossover there um, just all around, like those same lessons that you can learn through the process of being a more fit person are things that make you a better person in general, uh, which I kind of love about just the process of gaining fitness. Totally agree. I think it's a, an aspect of kind of, you know, pushing limits and discovering yourself and what you can do. Being a uh, more fulfilled person. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think it, I think it comes from struggle, you know, it comes from overcoming yeah. like, you know, whatever doesn't kill us makes us stronger type of thing. And so having these challenges and overcoming overcoming them is, is what makes us stronger, is what makes us a better person, and what, what makes us happier and why I wanna dig into that and share that and have you know, have a place for people to share that. And so I mean even for, for you, I mean if if this was kind of the key timeline of those three years or or whatever aspect it was, like what was potentially you know or what was one of the hardest parts of that for you i think like a lot of it was coming to terms that i was having anxiety over it all like for a while i was kind of like in denial that i could just get better on my own but i think 
you know, you have to kind of come to terms that it's okay to ask for help. Like it's okay to, for me, I had to come to terms with the fact that it was okay to go talk to somebody about these feelings I was having towards like the sport and towards my life. Um, mm-hmm. That is okay to talk about that kind of stuff and to seek out help. And for some people that's like coaching as well. You have to be in the, you have to be able to acknowledge that somebody else riding training for you are kind of like having a hand in what you're doing fitness wise is going to be a good thing for you. So like part of my journey was being able to listen to my coach was being able to listen to my counselor, um, seeking that help, being able to confide in them, being more open about what I'm going through and what I need to do to improve was a yeah. big, the big barrier of my success. I truly believe. So getting past your yourself and doing everything on your own. Yeah. Yeah, getting over yourself at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think even potentially, you know, being able to sh- to shift the focus or or see, you know, the actual problem. Whereas, like, I think if you're if you're just thinking about running, if you're just thinking about times, if you're just thinking about miles on the road, you know, and the and the physical practice of that, you know, you'll you'll just keep running, you run, you run, you run, you run, and you're just, you know, potentially just running in circles in a sense. Yeah, you're kind of uh, disguising the actual issue at hand. Yeah, where if it's the the anxiety that you have around the running or the racing or, you know, the the things that you have is the main thing limiting you. It's like no amount of just extra running or extra miles is, is going to fix that. Absolutely. So, did you, I mean, even getting to that point to acknowledge it and go, you know, go talk to someone like, did you even get to that point on your own? Did you have any help? Did anybody else kind well, of? Yeah, I think a lot of it was, luckily I went to a small college. Um, so like my professors were kind of like checking up on me because I was falling behind. I was like not going to class just because I was having these panic attacks and I just like, so felt so behind and like in this circle of like um of like the circle of avoidance they call it where i was avoiding school i was avoiding working out avoiding practice so i felt like that because i missed one day or i was behind like people were going to be on me about it so then i just kept putting that thing off i kept not putting in the effort that i needed to to get back on track and i just wasn't talking about it so one day i had one of my teachers pull me aside and like actually asked me what was going on and from there she was able to kind of recommend some things and like things I go and I think a lot of times when you are in your own head you can't see the bigger picture and it's hard to see like from the outside what everything looks like so sometimes yeah. having and definitely having that like outside person who cares enough to tell you like this is what's going on this is what I'm seeing um, like from my point of view, you need to go get help or you need to do this mm-hmm. to be able to succeed. And that was definitely kind of the catalyst of that. And then like, it was kind of funny because looking back on it, cause in the same like two day span, my teacher pulled me aside and my coach pulled me aside and was like, so what's been going on? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely, definitely funny how that works. But that was kind of the kick in the right direction I needed to go actually take onus in it and go get the help I needed um, yeah. and go see what's actually going on. The power of support. 
yeah and sometimes it's hard to like put those things into words like it's always been hard for me to kind of vocalize how I'm feeling and what's going on so like my first response is to just put my head down and grind through it but a lot of times that's not the best response to a problem yeah Yeah. so then through that through that struggle through the support through you know everything and you've you've found a, a place of success you've found more enjoyment in the the process and what you're doing so I mean like what would you say has been the most rewarding part of this, of your story, of your journey, of this whole process? Um, I think the most rewarding part is just like be able to be more open about it. I kind of love being able to talk about what I've been through. And that's something that before I, before I had really opened up about like my anxiety and things, I was not something I talked about. So the most, rewarding part of me is to be able to talk about that and then to have people come to me and say that me talking about it helped them out in the similar situation that they were in. So I talked about it on the podcast, on my podcast a lot. And I've had people send me messages that kind of talking about it has helped them realize some things that they were dealing with. I think that's like kind of the most awesome thing to me that you can actually help somebody else with your words in on something that to me, it seems, I don't know, I just do it to get it out there. I'm not trying to save the world or anything, but it's nice to see that it can help. Totally, man. It's, it's the whole thing. You know, we connect, connect with other people. And I think sometimes if somebody shows us they can be brave, it helps us be brave. Yeah. Seeing somebody going through a similar problem and seeing that they were able to fix themselves in it is definitely a big confidence booster to know that you can do it too. Totally. So if you think of kind of your, you know, your journey and where you've started from or, you know, the struggles you had, the struggles you've overcome, where you've gotten to, you know, now kind of the whole process, like yeah, if you can imagine or, or picture someone else in the same spot, you were in you know when when it kind of started for you like what what advice would you give to someone else that's at the beginning of their journey yeah i'll tell them that it's okay to open up uh first i'd say you don't have to kill yourself every day in practice you don't have to be the best every day that's not gonna happen you're not gonna be the best every day but you can put your best effort forward and if that best effort forward is uh, taking taking a step back and, and recovering, then that's what you need to do. And then I would say that it doesn't make you any less of a person to open up and talk about things that you're feeling and things that you're going through. Like the being people want to, you to be open with them and you internalizing your feelings and never talking about it is not helping anyone. Would be what I would say to my past self. <laughs> exactly. To little Justin, to younger. Yeah. Younger Justin. Well, that's great, man. Thank you so much for for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I always love talking about it. And, you know, it's like with everything. It's all relatable. So even if you haven't gone through the experience that I've gone through, I'm sure you've had something in your life that you can kind of like look back on and maybe gain some insight from that. So it's all, it all relates in the fitness world and in life. Totally agree.
So um, I'm 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 tempted to to use this right away. I think it's been great and putting it on putting it online, putting it out there for people to hear. So yeah. if that's the case, um, how how can people find you? Where you're at? What's your your what's your username? What's what's your podcast? Yeah, so you can find me most on Twitter and Instagram at Horniker Justin. So that's H O R N E K R Justin. Um, you can also follow the podcast, Running Through It. Um, you can find that on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, all the good stuff. And then I have a Instagram and Twitter page for that too, at Run Through It Pod, where you can find all the updates about the podcast and things I'm covering. Perfect. Cool, man. Well, thank you again. Yeah, no problem, Chad. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks for being the first guest. I'll uh, I'll see how this works out, what I can do, and if I can get it up, I'll send you the info and let you know how it Sounds goes. I'll, I'll, pump, I'll pump it out. Yeah, dude. Appreciate it. No problem. All, All right. right. Yeah, we good. You too. Take care.